The scripture for today's sermon comes from Luke 2, 8 through 19. The word of God speaks to us. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. This is God's word to us. Well, good morning. My name is Chad Puckett. I'm the lead pastor out here in Yukon, and a way to make it to the 2 p.m. service. Like, you guys uh, deserve a medal for that on Christmas Eve. Uh, We've had a great time all this morning. We had a great time uh, with two services, and are looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to unpacking that with you today, this, this section of text today. So we're glad you're with us, whether this is your first time with us. Uh, I see some human beings that I do know out here from the way back, but like whether this is your first time with us or we've walked with you for the last few years in some capacity, uh, or we've just seen you at different things because you're attending with family or something, we're, we're glad you're with us. And it's important to emphasize something right here. It isn't just that we get to do life together, which we want to do. We actually want to walk as the body of Christ together in a particular place, in a particular location. But all of that is real and true and important because it isn't just that we get to do this. It isn't just that we're together in this. It's because of this story and God with us. It's God with us that makes every other with us matter. So as we think about gathering today or over the week or over different times with family and friends, like it's, it is a beautiful thing to do, but it finds its purpose and its meaning in this story, God with us. And that's what we want to unpack today. It's what we want to think about. The incarnation, this birth of Jesus, Jesus Christ the King, the one that we've been singing about. And I, I realize, I realize uh, so many of us carry questions uh, about God, questions about faith, questions around Jesus and, and hurts that we carry. So there are plenty of people that have been hurt by the church. There are people that have been hurt just through uh, traumatic moments in their life in which we, we might come to this season of the year or broadly life in general and say, I don't feel like I have a lot to celebrate right now. I feel the challenge of even and celebrating and lifting my voice through all of it. And, and I, I, just, I, I just want you to hear that we are, we're glad you're with us today. We're glad you're with us as we talk about God with us today. And so I, I, 
I, I can't think of a better day for you to step in and join us. It's this story. It's this story of the birth of Jesus that is packed. It's packed with purpose and meaning. It's packed with so much more than we give credit for. It's packed with like grace and mercy and tenderness. This story there has so much more in, in, in for Mary. It has so much more in it around Joseph. It has so much more around the shepherds that we'll read about. Uh, but all of that isn't just to say, man, let's make much about Mary or Joseph. It's to make much because there's so much more about God right here in this story. And my hope and my prayer is that we would come to this with fresh ears, that we would come to it with, with hearts that are saying, God, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know what even what I'm feeling right now, but God, work in my heart. So I want to pray for you. I, I, I want you to pray for me desperately. And how we're going to unpack this is just in two simple terms. We're going to talk about the scandal of this story and the sweetness of this story. And, and just look at it, try to look at it with fresh set of eyes and get out of just the routines that we kind of find ourselves in normally. So let's pray. Father, I, I, I pray particularly for those that are here in carrying enormous burdens. And I don't know, I don't know who that is. I, I don't know what condition people are coming in here today. I pray particularly for them that they would experience a measure of grace today from you. I pray for those that would be here and aren't sure what they believe, that you would, you would give them the biggest billboard sign right in front of them that they can trust you, that they can trust you. And God, I pray for uh, those of us who are familiar with Christian routines and religious services and the, how to polish ourselves up and sit up straight and, and, and look right on, at a given time on a given day. Uh, but I pray, Lord, that you would move us past just going through the motions right now on another Christmas. Not one of us needs a, a, another uh, service. We need to experience the grace of the living God this morning this afternoon. And so, uh, Lord, meet us right here in this moment. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let me just start here. Let me just start with a baseline thing that we can build off of for it. Jesus was not born. Jesus did not come into this world to give us a holiday. Jesus was born to bring hope Hope to the hopeless, hope to those who had no hope apart from him, his coming and what he is doing. And so the story of the birth of Jesus is this shocking story of his mercy and his grace coming into a world that so desperately needed. Now, that's not just true 2,000 years ago. That's true today in our lives, in our world. That's something that all of us need. And hear this, I love, I love how this uh, author puts it. He says, the miracle of the incarnation, that's the birth of Jesus, the coming of God, the miracle of the incarnation is that this one person became everything, everything we are without ceasing to be everything he is. Now catch that, catch that. God 
The miracle of this is that God became human being in the flesh while not leaving who he is behind. It's all of it packed in there. Here's what we're talking about. This king who is promised, this king that we've been talking about, this king that we've been talking about every week of Advent as we light these candles, every single week of Advent, the one that is promised to come, we're talking about that. And here he is born into this world. This is the story. This is the promise. And so with fresh ears, I want to read part of what was just read for us here in Luke chapter 2. I'll pick it up in verse 8. And in the same region, there, there were shepherds, shepherds out in the field. I just want you to kind of put a pin in that. Shepherds out in the field, and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord, another, put a pin right there. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So we've got some details that are working out that's painting a picture for us as as we read through it. They're filled now with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. A sign right there. Pin that one. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so let's just start here. I told you there were two turns. And here's the first one. Uh, Like catch this. Of all the things that we can say about the birth of Jesus, and there's a lot. It's miraculous. It is unique in history. It is unique. If all a baby's born in history, of all the things that we could say about the birth of Jesus, one thing that we often leave out is that this story is scandalous. This story is packed with scandal. And so let me kind of walk you through how we'll look at this. It is scandalous on how he came to us. It's scandalous in in the the method and the means in which he came to us. It's It's scandalous around who he first tells about this. The, the people that he actually first tells about it. And it's scandalous even around like why he comes to us. Like the, the purpose around all of that uh, is scandalous. And so just, just think about it with me. Uh, like how he comes to us. How this Jesus is born of a woman into this world. We have, we have an unmarried woman who... This angel tells her what's going to happen, and then the angel leaves. In the next nine months, she's trying to explain to everybody, like, hey, guess what? Uh, Joseph and I, nothing happened. Uh, God gave me this baby. I'm just going to be honest with you. If someone came and told me that, if I met Mary in the flesh and she came and told me that, I'd be like, I don't think I believe you. let's Let's go one further. I don't think you'd believe her either. I don't think any of us would believe her. 
This is a story that is attached to all sorts of things that is scandalous. And because we're so familiar with it, we just kind of move on. And the world that we live in has normalized so much of this. And I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus under it. I want you to catch the context. And what's happening in this story is that she experienced quite a lot going through this. And for nine months, people said things about Mary. And Joseph, here's a dude that's trying to figure it out. He's trying to believe his girl, right? He's trying to believe uh, his Mary, and he's trying to walk through like, okay, yeah, I believe that. But do you think Joseph believed all of it? And there are all these moments in life where I think, you know, if I just had an angel come and talk to me, or if I just showed up one day and my bed was like burning and not consumed, but talking to me and told me if I could turn left or right, then I would trust and believe in God and I would follow faithfully exactly what he had to tell me. Except then the bed would stop talking and I would say, am I crazy? Did I really hear that? Did I really see that? And that's exactly what Mary and Joseph experienced, an angel told them what was going to happen. And then for nine months, they wrestled with faith to believe and to trust and to say, am I crazy? Am I really dealing with this? Is this what's happening? Scandalous. But the story that we picked up isn't just with Mary and Joseph. The story is out actually in a field with shepherds. And so just think about that. Who does he tell first? Who is he going and, and telling it at the, the big religious centers of the day? No, he's out in a field in the middle of the night with shepherds, and I, I'm not dragging them down. I just want to be honest with you. These are not like the A-team players right here. This isn't, this isn't the varsity-level guys generally that are doing this. These were the guys that weren't picked for advanced training off of it, and now they're out skirting the city and leading the animals to and from. There's, there's dignity to all of that, but this isn't who anybody would expect would get this story. These are the guys that are like, hey, you know what? I, I can deal without your small talk. I can deal without all your stuff. I, I, they have more calluses on their hands and more blisters around their lives than they do degrees or diplomas around this. And yet these are the guys that God sends his angel to come and tell this story to. That This is scandalous in that this is not who any of us would expect. And yet in the darkness of the night, in a field and a hill outside of town, the stadium lights come on. The stadium lights come on to those guys. And you can almost say, like, wait, like, what? What? And yet it's not as random as it might first appear. It's not, it's not just a random thing. It seems to be, like, as we've been walking through Advent... We've been looking at the prophecies of Isaiah. But Isaiah doesn't just live in a vacuum. It doesn't live in a vacuum. We, we've been, before that, we've been in Genesis. We, we've been in Genesis. And one of the things that we've been talking again and again is that sin requires a sacrifice. 
And the prophecies of Isaiah talk about the one who's coming to fulfill the, the requirement for sin. There's one coming who will be the perfect sacrifice. There's one coming who will do all of this. And Isaiah starts to unpack that. He doesn't give all the details, but he gives enough of it for us to recognize. And so when we look at what's happening right here, we, we run right back to these prophecies. And Isaiah 53 tells us things. It tells us so much here that is helpful for us. It tells us one thing. It says, it says, like, this one who's coming, there's nothing that will be remarkable about this person that you're going to look at. Verse 2, chapter 53, verse 2 says, like, there's nothing remarkable. There's nothing that's going to draw you to this person. And what could be less remarkable than the king of kings, creator of all heaven and earth, showing up, like, as a helpless baby in a, in a barn? nothing that draws you to that. In fact, most people, if they'd heard that, if, if somehow that had been unpacked, hey, this is what's going to happen. Be there at this day on this time. would be like, nah, that's not how God's coming into this world. That's not how God's doing it, except that's exactly how he does. That's what Isaiah is pointing out these things. And in Isaiah 53, 6, he says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Now, friends, this is like 700 years before the birth of Jesus. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one of us, everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on this one who is coming, this one, the iniquity, the sins, the punishment of us all. He tells us that. It goes on, he says that this one will be like a lamb led to the slaughter. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. So Isaiah is helping us make sense of why does God tell a group of people out in a field, out there who are the shepherds? Why would he tell them? You see, this announcement of a baby has... So much going on. This announcement of a baby isn't just, hey, there's a baby born. The angel stops and said, this is good news for everyone. This is good news for everyone because this isn't just like any other baby. And friends, we've had a lot of babies born in this church over the last year. We've had a lot of babies born. But this baby is unique because this baby is the Lamb of God born to take away the sins of the world. Who better to hear that than the shepherds? Who better to hear that than the shepherds? But see, it is good news, and that's the announcement that's made with this light show out there in the middle of this field is this good news for all the world. But you and I, we live in a, a, a day of fake news, we live in a day where it's like, it doesn't matter where we hear from. We're like, I don't know if I could trust that. It doesn't matter if we see a picture or a video or hear the audio of it. There's a part in the back of our mind that's like, is this true? Does that really happen? Did they really say that? Did someone Photoshop it or worse? Is that AI or is that something else? Is it even a person anymore? And we start to question everything. And we start saying, like, I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm not even sure if that's real. And, and we start to almost like burying our heads to news like this. And we're like, man, I just wish someone would come along and tell me what's true. True. 
I just wish, but I, I realize, I'm going to step on it. I realize that we're stepping into 2024, which is an election year. <laughs> and I feel it already in me of like, here we go, here we go. And what we have in this story is the angel of the Lord who shows up and says, I'm not bringing fake news. I'm not bringing any other slanted stuff. I bring good news for all people in all places throughout all time. This is the good news. It's an announcement of a baby like no other. And there's parts of it that are normal, right? Uh, You'll find this baby in swaddling cloth, normal. But you'll also find this baby in a manger. Friends, not normal. Not normal. This is not a normal part of the story. And you can almost feel the shepherds like raising their hands or grumbling and starting to say, like, there's enough of this story that feels really funny. I don't, I don't know about this. And, and it's in that moment, I, it's, I think it's in that moment where you start to feel the shakiness in which it goes from one angel of the Lord to what it says is a multitude of them. The host of angels shows up and it's not one, it's a host of them now, and I, I, I'm projecting right now on some shepherds, but I, I know I would be like, hey, I've got a few questions for you, angel, and then it's like, oh, no, things just got real. <laughs> and they overwhelm the moment. What did they overwhelm it with? With the words, and it, with the words, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. But again, we're, we're not losing sight of the fact that this is a scandalous story. This story has so much in here uh, that is, we could just keep digging out. We could just keep digging out. But this story isn't just scandals. This story is so sweet. It, and not candy cane sweet or, or fudge sweet. This is sweet as in tender. And the kindness of God on display. And yet I miss it so often and I think we miss it so often because we're so quick to move to the next destination or the decorations or the next thing to do in this season. And we just kind of get in a rhythm and on a conveyor belt towards a holiday and we miss the hope and the grace and the mercy and the sweetness of God that he has for us because we just kind of think about this, this story on a surface level. And I want to dive us deep to uh, the scandal so we actually see the sweetness of it. Verse 15 says this. When the angels went away, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You see, this is an important part of the story that we tend to gloss over. The reality of the moment in which the angels went away. And you're left with a proverbial fork in the road of do we believe and go or do we just go on as usual? Bethlehem is still Bethlehem, looks the same. But the song's still ringing in their ear. 
glory to God in the highest. Do we trust and believe even with all our questions? Or do we just sit and sing the song again and again without doing anything with it? Notice what they do. Verse 16 says, and they went with haste. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, when they saw that baby, when they saw it just as exactly how it was described, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And you've got to like imagine the moment. You've got to kind of put yourself in the story for a second. Mary had carried this baby and now delivered this little one. She'd carried it for nine months. She had lived with the, with the promise of God. She had lived with the, the, the fears that every mother carries. She had lived with the shame of what other people were saying. She had lived with all of it. She had lived with every bit of this fear and doubt and worry, every bit of that, because Mary is human. She had lived with every single bit of it, and now a group of strangers shows up on her door. They say, where's this baby? And then they tell Mary and Joseph everything that was said to them. Everything it was said. And sometimes we're like, sometimes we're like, man, you get yourself in a conversation or you get yourself at things and you're like, I kind of wish that person would just stop talking. And there are a few of us in here that are thinking that right now. I know it. I can see it on a couple of your faces. I can see it. And there are a few of you like that. Here's the deal. I don't think Mary felt that for one second. I think Mary was begging to know everything that those men had to tell her. I think Mary needed to hear everything that those men heard. And I think Mary said, I absolutely need to know everything. Don't leave a detail out. Don't leave one thing out of this because I've been waiting nine months to trust and believe every bit of it and I need it. So tell me the story again. I don't think she rushed them out in any, any bit of it. And we ask ourselves these questions. Like, well, it was, like, was it an accident that the, all the inns were closed? Was it an accident that there was no room? Was it an accident that they found no place? Well, friends, like the answer, I, I think, in the edges of the story is absolutely 100% no, it is no accident. A combination of maybe fullness, lots of people are probably coming, but certainly her name and her reputation had preceded her to this place. And the fact that God had an enormous purpose for putting him in this place and to deliver this baby in this way. It wasn't the cruelty of God, it's the sweetness of God that met her in this moment, that met these men right there. And so was it a mistake 
Was it a mistake that these inns were, were closed? No. Where else would the sacrificial lamb of God be born? But in the barn. But go one step further. Who better to hear of this lamb of God being born than the shepherds? Who else would you tell first but a shepherd of the sheep? And here's what's fascinating about this story. Here's what, here's what drives this past just being, oh, nice symmetry, God, good job. No, remember, we just read Isaiah, which tells us that all of us, all we like sheep have gone astray. Paul later quotes that. All, all of us, every single one of us are like sheep who have gone astray. And here you have the angel of the Lord telling these shepherds in the field that this one has come. He's telling the shepherds of the field that the Lamb of God has been born. And these shepherds come to a barn to see the perfect sacrifice, the one who will be their substitute, the one who will pay the price that not one of them could ever pay. But he's not just the lamb because this lamb is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the great shepherd. He is the perfect shepherd. And it's the kindness and the sweetness of God that meets these men right where they're at, but packs it with meaning for Mary right where she's at. And then you have what comes next, as if the story isn't enough there. These shepherds didn't have all their questions answered. They couldn't possibly have all their questions answered. Showing up and meeting Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus simply unpacks a thousand more questions, right? They have more questions because of this, but they have enough to believe. So here what comes Next, verse 18. And all who heard it, all who heard this story of what has happened, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Apparently the shepherds couldn't stop talking about it. The shepherds couldn't talk, stop talking about what they'd heard. And everybody who heard this story heard about the scandal and the sweetness of God in this moment. And they were wondering about all of this. They, they were wondering it. 19, but Mary. What did Mary do? Mary treasured up. Here's one that is packed full of meaning all of these things. Mary treasured up all of these things. She treasured up the confirmation verbally. She treasured up the presence physically. She treasured up the, the role that these men served in society and who they were. She treasured it all up. And she pondered them in her heart. And then it says in verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they'd heard and seen as it had been told to them. So I end with this. Here's a story of the good news of God 
and the people who experienced it. It says, there was wonder. They treasured it. They pondered it. And because of it, because of what happened, they glorified God and praised him for it. And I say this to each one of us, myself first and foremost, because that is so often not how I experienced the Christmas season. I'm moving from this thing to that thing. I'm going to this event to that. I'm thinking about the next meal. I'm thinking about there's five NBA games on tomorrow and two football games. I'm thinking about all the other stuff that is out there happening. I'm thinking about the family I love being with and the family, I'm thinking about all of it, right? We're thinking about all of it. But so rarely do I slow down enough to wonder to treasure and to ponder the good news of God that leads me to glorify and praise him. And so the question for you is this, like what will this Christmas season look like in your heart? Are you begging for a sign? Are you saying, God, if you just give me a sign, then I'd trust and believe. Like, friends, yeah, like, God gives signs all the time. In fact, this text tells us this is a sign for all peoples at all times. This is the good news. Here's a sign right before you. But those signs, just as we've seen with the shepherds and with Mary, lead to more questions. And if you just think that there'll be a time where you get all your questions answered, you're fooling yourself. And the call from Scripture is to trust and believe to trust and believe that he is who he says he is. He's a scandalous God in which he says, no one is too far gone for me. Nothing has, has broken this in which I can't repair. Nothing you've done or ever done will be too much for me. That's the God that we're talking about. That's the God who has come. And a God who doesn't just clean the sheet or declare you not guilty, a God that in his sweetness and his tenderness meets us with the very needs of our heart that feel so personal that we almost don't know how to name them. It's the God who goes to the leper and doesn't just heal him, but touches him, wraps him up. It's the God who experienced a woman bleeding for years and doesn't scold her or rebuke her, but actually encourages her. It's the God who who meets the prostitute in the the way the Bible so generously and kindly is said, uh, many sinners, friends with sinners, the one who makes his way towards people, the one who's described as the father leaping off the porch, running after the prodigal son. And it is this, this one who so tenderly and sweetly and scandalously has made a way for you and me through this baby born who grows to live a sinless life, to take your sin and my sin on the cross and to raise from the dead. Friends, Jesus has come not just to give us an understanding of our pain and and not just to give us a holiday to be busy around and get fat. He's come to bring hope And to make his blessing flow, how does it go? As far as the curse is found. 
Will you bow your heads with me?